Blog Talk Radio. Oops. Welcome. <laughs> I guess when you start one, it kills the other one. I was trying to do both. Hold on. Let's see what I got here. Oh, uh, gosh, that was funny. <laughs> You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. What the hell's going on out here? Welcome for the second time, I guess, to the Run to Daylight podcast. I'm your host, Todd from PA. You can find me on Twitter at Todd from PA, Todd with one D. I'll be joined in a second by Mark Garcia at Hilo FF, and we're going to take you through week 15, player grid, JM to win for one week season. I have a good feeling about this week. Um, my mass multi strategy didn't pay off last week. I don't think it was a bad strategy, but I had none of the uh, saints other than the one saint who completely bombed in Alvin Kamara and none of the 49ers. I, I like a lot of people did not see that game shooting out. And that was the kiss of death. This week, with a lot of value, I really feel like this is a good single entry week. Um, I I don't know that I will even have th- I, I probably will get to three entries. Um, I'm not going to be playing the slant this week. First place is down to thirty five thousand. I don't know that I want to chase that. I'm going to play the play action, a little bit of the milli. And I'm going to be playing a lot of single entry tournaments. I've got a lineup. I I got two lineups that I feel pretty darn good about. Very tight core, uh, but there are a lot of other very good plays. We're going to cover them. And Mark, welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Glad to be back. For the second week in a row. Bummer missing out on that week, man. Bummer missing out on what? On that week I missed, I'm still it's still weighing heavy on my heart. I'm just kidding. It's good to be back. Man, you just killed the show. Just I just, know, dude. This it's just, just like life is, I mean, my life. jokes are what they are, but that I mean that I I, I only have <laughs> one way to describe that. Dude I'm, this show is kind of a reprieve for me right now with the last the way the last three days have been going. Don't worry, I still put in the study, but oh my god, it's, this is like a welcome break for me. So if I'm scatterbrained, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, I can live with that. Um, I see that we got some calls, eight one four and seven one six area code. You want to hang on till nine o'clock? We will take your calls. Maybe we'll even take them a little early. Let's see how the show goes. I didn't do a long, boring teaching seminar in the beginning. Um, So let's get right to it. Uh, I've made the changes based on the information we have. um, And tier one is very, very tight again. It's just Deshaun Watson, Zach Ertz, Pat's defense, and the Chiefs. As JM said, that Hopkins will go to tier three if Will Fuller looks like he's going to play, which it looks like he is. Uh, Tier two is Christian McCaffrey, Mr. Carson in Seattle, Lenny Fournette, Dee Dee Westbrook, and Julian Edelman. Tier three, we've got Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, uh, Mr. Barkley, which I think most sites have as a tier one play, Derrick Henry, who looks like he is going to play. 
James White, Todd Gurley, Boston Scott gets in because Jordan Howard is out. Josh Jacobs is in uh, as of this moment, as it looks like he is going to try and play. And that's an excellent strategy point that I plan on covering uh, later in the show. We've got Nuke, Slayton, Parker, Godwin, Keelan, Colin, Conley, Gallup, A-Rob, DJ Moore. And because Aguilar is out, Ward makes tier three. So we're going to start with the quarterback position And I couldn't agree more with JM this week, uh, Mark. My favorite two quarterbacks are Watson and Kyler. Um, You know, Baker is another play that I expect to be very popular. In fact, I just refreshed the ownership. And it is frustrating that we do a Saturday night pod and that ownership really isn't good until Sunday morning. And, And I know I'm kind of, you know, but it's true. It, it really gets a lot better Sunday morning. But right now, Kyler Murray at 3%, I think he's a 10 to 15% guy. Baker at 4%, I think he's a 10 to 15% guy. Uh, Tannehill, who is not on the player grid, is someone who's going to be very popular this week. And I want to get your thoughts, Mark, before, I mean, I gave you my basic thoughts. It's a Kyler and Watson week for me. Um, what are your thoughts at the position? Yeah, uh, Watson wasn't really in consideration for me early week, but with Adore Jackson ruled out for Tennessee, uh, he definitely it definitely elevates uh, his perspective. I really it makes him. Like... It, it definitely makes him more adorable. It does. I I don't like that. The overall, uh, I guess environment of that game really i think that tennessee is really going to likely scenario tennessee is going to control the clock and force houston to eventually get more aggressive downfield which uh obviously is by the way i i I, by the way i said adorable yeah yeah i caught it (laughs) i was waiting for it uh i was just going to keep going until until you threw that in there um but Watson really he's he's going to have to have the efficiency and he's going to have to have basically the ability to or I guess a quarter and a half at the end of the game is going to have to have uh some crazy efficiency I think uh to pay off that almost 7000 price. Um we've seen like last week is a good example 50 attempts but if they are not down by multiple touchdowns he's not going to come close to that. You know his typical range is 28 to 35 attempts range. So I don't know if I like a chalky Deshaun Watson this week, uh, to be completely honest. Um, I I think that game has a real chance because of the cornerbacks and how efficient the Titans have been on offense. I see a lot of potential for that game to shoot out. And I, Watson was my early week uh, quarterback. And, I, and if you followed this podcast, uh, I, I, I don't think it'll come as too much of a surprise that I've moved to, to Kyler because he is so much cheaper. And the other thing is with Watson, I was going to play him naked if Fuller played because Hopkins is 8K. Uh, he's, a, he's hard to stack, uh, but he does have some run equity. So I, I, I do like Watson this week, even being a little chalky, Mark. Yeah, uh, I think I'm playing a leverage ownership play on that and not having any Watson. Could come back to bite me, but there are very clear paths in my mind to failure for Watson this week. So uh, take that for what it's worth. Um, I would, if you are... Mass multi-entering, I have no problem with being even field. This is a personal opinion of mine that I think that game has less of a chance to shoot out than I think the field is going to give credit for. Interesting. So who Um, is your favorite QBs? Yeah, and in the same game, I do not like paying 6500 for Tannehill. And in weeks like this where the upper echelon of pricing is – somewhere that I can see myself as a, I'll call it a tactical fade. So something that 
like I talked about in the Houston game, something that is I've identified as a likelier chance to fall short of what the field is going to think. I like to pay down. Um, in the mid-tier, I really like Fitz. I got to keep a close eye on that weather in New York because if those winds are higher, uh, that's obviously going to hurt the downfield passing. But that Miami and New York Giants game has a massive chance to shoot out uh, with the injuries on both sides of the ball, the uh, basically non-existent run games, and we'll get to that here shortly, I think. Uh, but um, I think Miami being aggressive downfield, if the winds cooperate, if they're anything 15 miles per hour or lower, I really, really like that game to shoot. So I like Fitz. Uh, and then when you get down to the lower tier, it, which is probably where I'm going to find a lot of my uh, quarterback exposure this week, I really like um, – let's see here. I really like Gardner Minshew, uh, the old bluffmeister from Detroit, uh, playing against Tampa Bay. And then Eli Manning sounds so gross, but I actually really like him this week. All right. Well, I expect to be pretty high on Kyler, pretty high on Watson. I haven't even decided where else I'm going to go at quarterback yet. I'm planning on looking at ownership in the morning and making final decisions. Uh, I'm not going to be as spread as I have been. Uh, I'm really focused on this main lineup that I have. So I think that Dak Prescott is going to have some ownership, but I think he's going to be very popular because of the fact that it's a late game and people love having, you know, being alive in the late game. Uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo right now is someone who's not going to have high ownership, but who is rating really well on dailyroto.com. And, you know, again, it it depends on what you're doing. If you're, these are not plays for uh, tight, Bills. These are, you know, plays to if you're going to mass multi-entry. Uh, I, I also will say that, um, you know, some of the guys you mentioned are interesting, but, uh, you know, really for me this week, it's about Kyler and Watson, and I really haven't decided where else I'm going to go. Moving over to the running back position, Uh, It doesn't show in our ownership, but trust me, the chalk is going to be Saquon uh, from everything I've seen. Uh, McCaffrey Mm -hmm. and Carson are also going to be pretty highly owned. And I wanted to get your thoughts, Mark, before we get into, you know, who we do like. Uh, One guy who I think is going to have lower ownership than than, uh, expected is Christian McCaffrey. There's a lot of there's a lot of low priced wide receivers that will allow you to get to Christian McCaffrey, but uh, he's really not on my radar this week, even with lower ownership. Uh, I'm sure I'll have a little exposure, uh, but uh, what's your thoughts on uh, CMC? Yeah. So coming into the week, I was exactly where you just described. So I wasn't really considering him uh, at the 10,000 price level, Uh, but there's been some key defensive injuries for Seattle uh, throughout the week that have popped. So I'm considering him a little more. The, my issue is again, the kind of likeliest game script. Um, So that should elevate his targets. I'm, it's likeliest that Seattle's going to be able to control this game on the ground and just have their way with Carolina's 32nd ranked running defense, um, which should filter some extra passing volume to CMC. And I mean, he has target counts in the last four weeks of 12, 12, nine and 15. So you're looking at likeliest scenario somewhere in that 10 to 13 target range, which is, you know, hard to beat at any position, let alone for a running back. So I've been considering him a little bit more heavily here, uh, just trying to find the salary to make that work. And it's going to come down to, I think, some of the wide receiver values that we'll talk to here shortly. But um, again, on the high side, I also really like Derrick Henry. I think his ownership is going to be, uh, yep, that's for you, bro. Uh, I think he's not going to carry the same ownership that he should in this matchup with uh, not seeing a, or limited practice this week. He was uh, doing 
conditioning work and treadmill work on the sidelines uh, of Thursday or of Wednesday and Thursday practice. So um, I, I like the tactical overweight on Henry uh, just because in that matchup with Houston, the game scenario or like this game script that I think will develop. I think he is a great play uh, and kind of leverage the ownership there. Yeah. So uh, now we're going to get to, now we're going to get to where you and I really disagree. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I really, uh, you know, you, you don't have to twist my arm too hard on Derek Henry, but at 8,500 without catches, I know he's a beast, but with a hamstring injury, that's just too much negatives for me. Um, I'm on Chris Carson. I think Carolina has been the nut matchup for running backs. I think that his ownership is going to be depressed a little bit by the 7,500 price tag. And I think that he is a, you know, just a, exactly what JM calls him a tier two guy, uh, but flirting with tier one. I also am very much on Leonard Fournette this week. Uh, Are you disagreeing with me or agreeing with me? I respectfully disagree. Now, Um, isn't it normally you on Fournette and me not on Fournette? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's bitten me many times. That's not – I try really, really hard not to have um, any of that recency bias uh, when I am building lineups or when I'm giving my analysis. Um, so hopefully the listeners aren't taking or thinking that I'm off him because he's burned me this year. But basically, it is a likeliest game flow for me, if that makes sense. Um and then you look at the adjusted line yards for Jacksonville's offensive line and then the respective offensive line or adjusted line yards for Oakland's defensive line. Oakland ranked seventh in the league for fewest adjusted line yards and net adjusted line yards allowed. And Jacksonville's all the way down at 26th. So what you're basically saying is Fournette is going to see eight to 10 targets and get in the end zone twice, I think, to pay that price off. And I think he's going to. I'm calling the shot. Okay. He's going to get two touchdowns this week. Um, and, and and so I'm using a little NBA logic here. So with DJ Shark out, a lot of the thought is, well, that helps the other three wide receivers. And and believe me, I'm going to have some Conley, some uh, Keelan Cole for sure in my play action. But my feeling is, that what ends up happening a lot of times is that they lean even more on the guy that they trust the most. And, uh, you know, again, you get eight to 10 targets. Let's say he catches seven balls for 70 yards. You know, you've got 14 points and, you know, without him rushing at all, you've already are in a kind of safe zone for, what you need out of him. I also think his ownership will be a little bit lower because people are going to want to play Barkley and they're going to want to play Chris Carson. And I just don't know how you're going to fit, uh, you know, all three of them. And I, I just think that people, you know, I, you know, I just am not going to play Barkley to this time. It might come back to bite me, but he just hasn't seemed the same and there's a you know a less than zero chance that you know Eli just either a is able to connect with his wide receivers or b isn't able to connect with his wide receivers either way uh, you know the offense will either be through the wide receivers for the touchdowns or that the offense won't be very good at all. I think that game has a chance of being low scoring if the, if it is windy and weather, uh, you know, sometimes when you've got a bad offenses and bad defenses, it goes the opposite way that you think. Um, but you're going to hate me. The guy that I am pretty close to locking this week is not last, but I'm he's on my main team right now is Patrick Laird. Oh, it's so gross. It is gross, but you're you're talking about a guy against the Giants. I mean, 
the Jets, you, you can't run on the Jets compared to the Giants. And he had 15 carries last week and five targets. He gets that against the Giants at 4,500, and he trips and falls into the end zone and gets you 20 points, it's going to be really hard to make that up, even with all the wide receiver value out there this week. Um, So right now, my three running backs are Carson Fournette and Patrick Laird. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I I wish I had a a throw-up emoji. So. A throw-up sound <laughs> so I could imitate what you're feeling. And, and I get uh, it. No, I I'm, mean, it, he I projects so it. well on Daily Roto, too. And, you know, now all our listeners should have access to the Daily Roto projections. Patrick Laird is the number one value. Saquon Barkley, two. Carson, three. McCaffrey, four. Fournette, five. Then there's a, a, a fairly significant value dip to Todd Gurley, Raheem Mostert, and Zeke Elliott. Now, Zeke is the guy who's going to have almost no ownership. Um, I'm going to have to toss him into some lineups because the way to beat the Rams is on the ground. Uh, but, yeah, I uh, I think that the value with Patrick Laird is really hard to get away from. I don't hate it this week if you're paying up at the other two running back spots and if you're locked into that kind of three running back build. Uh, I hate it less than the previous two weeks. I'll say that much. Um, But we agree, actually, on Saquon. Um, I think the other options around him, uh, I even like Zeke more than Saquon, which is kind of interesting. But I do... uh, You like who more than Saquon? Zeke. Oh, Uh, Well, the one thing I want to say on Christian McCaffrey is my fear with Christian McCaffrey is, and and I didn't look up his workload last week, but now that they're officially, quote, out of it, and, you know, they've got a guy who's uh, running the team who's not going to be there next year, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I just don't. You know, I don't see, you know, last week he got 11 rushes and he got 11 receptions. So, I mean, that that's awesome. But I don't know that, you know, I, I just don't know that he's going to, you know, if you look at what he had earlier in the year, he had, you know, just going back a couple weeks, uh, 31, 29, 27, 27, he had a 19, a 27, a 27, a 37, a 28. You look at those touches versus 22, and you know if if I'm ownership, I'm I'm not over. I'm 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 letting the the the, the powers that be know. I don't want you to overwork Christian McCaffrey the rest of the year uh, in a season where we've you know we've only got a couple wins. That's my favorite yeah, with McCaffrey. Uh, so it's kind of a tale of two stories with McCaffrey, and I haven't seen any coach speak to, to say one way or the other, but I had the same thought last week, and I ended up playing CMC, and he ended up seeing 99% of the snaps. So he, so he was in on every snap but one uh, out of 71 offensive plays run from scrimmage. So. I don't know how they're going to handle that, and this definitely introduces some unknowns. Um, last week, I decided to play him, even with those thoughts. This week, I still haven't decided what my ownership on CMC will be. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with playing CMC this week. I think you're getting him at lower ownership, and if he gets the 40 points and the other guys disappoint, but right now – if you look at it and you say for that extra $2,000, $2,500 going down to Carson or, you know, it allows you to have two from that 7,700 range versus one, or, or it keeps you from having three or four positions on your team where you just, you know, you're just hoping that a low price guy, even with, you know, in a week where there's a lot of good low pros price guys i don't like having too many of those guys in a main lineup so that's my thoughts there's just enough worry 
that I'll take the $2,300 and pray that I'm right. Yeah, I don't mind that one bit. Um, one of the guys, I'll talk about one of the guys that you didn't mention and one guy that you did mention earlier as a value from uh, Roto. Uh, you mentioned Todd Gurley, and he was on my main build, my early week main build, and I've come off him since. The reason is Antoine Woods, who is due back for Dallas this week. Um, the yards allowed per carry in the split with and without Woods is over an extra yard per carry, which is asinine. So I was all over him, assuming that Woods was going to miss again this week. He is not. He is going to be back. Um, so I really am off Gurley, even projecting 21 touches at a 6K price. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to play Boston Scott. Um, I, I know he's now on Tier 3. Uh, you know, I'm not going to play Josh Jacobs. I'm not going to play James White. I'm real. I might have a little bit of girly. So now it's time to talk some strategy at the running back position. And I will have some lineups, not my main build, I don't think, but I am going to have some lineups where I leave two running back spots. I'm going to, I'm going to put four net like right now in my main lineup, I've got four net in the flex. So if Josh Jacobs ends up sitting, that puts DeAndre Washington squarely in play at low ownership because of the unknown. And it's a very, you know, he's up to 4,700. It's a good play. I don't think it's something I'm going to worry about on my main build, but it's something if you're playing 20, 30, 40 lineups, make sure you have some lineups. If you do go for net and you you want some, uh, you know, so let's say, I have one lineup right now that has Carson and Fournette as my two running backs, and I've got uh, a wide receiver from the late games in the flex. So now, if, if we'll end another wide receiver uh, in the late games in that lineup. So you can have Michael Gallup. There's a few ways to do this to where you can pivot that flex to DeAndre Washington at 4,700 and open up some real interesting ways to get to the tops of tournaments if Washington goes off. Your thoughts on that strategy? No, I love it. And I'm going to actually be leveraging that one step further and building lineups with Jacobs in them in the flex spot. Oh, I like that idea. I might have to do a little bit of that. Good idea. Yeah, so All right. I don't so, – yeah, I just don't I, think he I, can have any ownership. Yep, I, I agree. Uh, there's nobody else that I'm really on at the running back position. So I think uh, Philip Lindsay was mentioned, but, you know, at 5,600, the chance of him, you know, getting 30 points. I got lucky that one week and I got the 30 points, but he hasn't really come close since. Um, you know, KC is a a good matchup to do it, but uh, they just haven't been giving him enough passes for my comfort level. Uh, before we go to the wide receivers, let's take one of the phone calls eight one and see if we can get them eight one four three five nine's been waiting. Welcome, you are on the show. Hello, eight one four three five nine. I guess what some people do is they call in to listen. So uh, we'll go to seven one six four eight zero and see if we get a phone call. Seven one six area code. You on the air? Hello. Hi. Yes. Hey, I, I was. I'm a first time listener, and I was mainly just on here to listen. But my my biggest question right now is um, Darius Slayton and the wind uh, projections in New York and how you think that could affect his, uh, his ceiling there. All right. We'll cover that in a minute when we get to wide receivers. I'll put you back on hold so you can continue to listen. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for calling. All right. So, Mark, let's move over to the wide receiver position. Uh, Let's see. 
I'm guessing since you're not on Watson, you're not on Hopkins. To me, the the lock and load guy this week is Jarvis Landry. Thoughts on Jarvis Landry? Yeah, I really like Jarvis uh, this week as well. Um, he is kind of priced near some guys that I like a little more. Um, but with the wind, that's a that's going to be a big thing to keep an eye on. So basically what we have in that Miami-New York Giants game is conflicting models right now. Wait, One Jarvis Landry's on Miami again? Sorry, no. I was going straight through – talking about other guys that I like in that range. So oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it will, it'll affect my Jarvis ownership. Sorry. I like Devontae Parker a ton uh, if the winds cooperate. Basically, there's one model in New York showing 15 to 25 mile per hour sustained winds, and there's another showing 10 to 15. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on come tomorrow around noon and get the actual uh, sustained winds. And I have a little bit of I would say an insider edge when I'm looking at weather because I can pull up aviator, uh, which are a little bit more precise readings than your national weather services or something like that. Uh, so I will tweet out, do my best to tweet out tomorrow. So we're at, we're at week forecast. 15 and that's when I find this, this info out. Say again. That you've got, that, that you've got a secret Navy handshake air wind deal and 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 you and you're telling me now in week 15 <laughs> oh, i gotta keep a little edge man no i'm just kidding uh yeah i can't believe i haven't mentioned that um it's it's not like super secret but it's just basically what aviators use to get their weather uh and it's available to anybody um yeah all right let's that. talk about uh, my my second favorite play of the week right now is Christian Kirk, and I am stacking him with Kyler, and and it kind of was fun. That's how how I kind of got on Kyler, because I just kept feeling Kirk. He projects very well on Daily Roto. It's you know the Browns. He, he's been getting the targets. He's coming off a week where it was a bad matchup for him. And he's going to a good matchup for him. Uh, what do you think? What are your thoughts on Christian Kirk? I don't really like him this week, actually. Reason uh, is, I don't really, I don't really like that passing offense against Cleveland uh, this week at all. I think majority of if the game stays close, basically Arizona is going to look to get the running backs or keep the running backs involved as long as possible. Um, so I doubt the, I doubt his ceiling this week is basically the skinny of it. Okay. Fair enough. I, uh, I will humbly disagree. I think that it is a, a home game. They've, they've definitely played better at home, especially against weaker opponents. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust the Daily Roto uh, projections on this one, and and pray a lot of prayer. Uh, on the <laughs> uh, player grid, we have the question about Darius Slayton. I like Slayton at 4,700, but you know he is very dependent on uh, deeper passes and Eli. His arm's not what it used to be. It looked pretty good uh, last week, but you you put wind in, and and that makes it a little bit tougher for me. Your thoughts on Darius Slayton? Yeah, 100%. I am off Darius Slayton full fade this week. Um, It is more a – and I was actually – I was underweight on him on that showdown where he absolutely went off last week. Um, But basically, just like you talked about, he is their downfield threat. He has the highest uh, average depth of target on the team. And basically, Eli, uh, I call, just like you said, noodle arm Eli, does not have the arm strength to hit those receivers in stride downfield as they are fighting off uh, defensive backs. So, you, you could call um, him old look, eye. Yeah, seriously, it's, it's bad. Um, I, anyway, 
I digress about talking about the past and showdowns. Uh, but looking at Darius Slayton's uh, recent target counts, 8, 9, 7, and 15, his likeliest range is that 7 to 9 target range. And with Eli at quarterback, if the wins cooperate, uh, I did talk a little bit about Eli, how I was on him at that cheap price uh, earlier. And it's completely against everything that I usually uh, preach about with quarterback. If I, if I have a rushing quarterback or somebody who is capable of using their legs, I like going, uh, or if you're capable of going naked with him, I actually like, Eli naked this week and not pairing him with Slayton if I'm going that route. All right. Well, that's a thought that I don't want to think about. Eli naked, but uh... Oh my god. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Put that in the listeners your head. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, I think Chris Godwin is a very interesting play. I'm going in a different direction, but I, I on that team, but I do you know, I hope uh, for those who don't know, I am uh, in the conference finals uh, of the Scott Fish Bowl. And uh, for those who don't know, it's a 1,200-person contest. So I'm down to the last 200, and only one of 10 gets through. And I have Godwin. I have Henry. I have Chubb. Uh, I have Lamar Jackson already in the books with 54 got fish points and I've got Kyler. So I'm really hoping Godwin goes off for that. Uh, but I am not going to have him for DFS. I'll have some, but I don't plan on being overweight. Uh, do you have a preference on the Jacksonville receivers? All three of them are on the player grid Mark. I do. Uh, my dude Conley, man. Uh, we went there earlier this year uh, and he Twice. came up short. Yep. He actually he hit Twice. once for an okay, I think it was like a three and a half X. And then he came, sh- fell short for us the other time. But uh, no, I really like Conley. Gardner Minshew is not afraid to turn it loose. It, his um, intended air yards are not kind of where I would like them to be, but he is kind of, I guess, l- lacking the experience to, uh, I guess, progress through his reads enough. So he's, he's, basically targeting either first reads or looking for the check down. He's not really going through much progression. And um, with where Oakland struggles on the defensive side of the ball is with those downfield looks. So I really like Conley uh, out of those three receivers this week. Yeah. Put me on Keelan Cole. Uh, He's very talented. And I think he's got, he, he's a guy who can catch shorter and longer passes more than maybe Conley. Uh, Conley is a little more dependent, I think, on the downfield stuff. Uh, put me in for uh, Keelan Cole. I think he's at 3,400. Uh, Michael. He's stone uh, men. Oh, he's stone men. Wow. The other guy that I really like at stone men is uh, Ward. I, I think that. Uh, I think against Washington, I've watched the last couple of weeks. He looks like he's got some skill, and so does Keelan Cole. So I think both of them are really, really interesting guys at 3K this week. Uh, I will be mixing them in my lineups. I like Michael Gallup too this week, but I, you know, it's you know, not going to get to him. Uh, I don't think uh, because you know it makes more sense to stack. Mr. Kirk with Mr. Kyler, but uh, your thoughts on Gallup? Uh, I do like Gallup. Um, I don't know if I will get there. Uh, Again, I think he just messing around with my builds. He never fit uh, to where I was comfortable with the rest of my roster as, you know, looking at floor and ceiling, like I've I've been preaching on all season. Um, And that's one thing that I don't think we've ever, uh, discussed really is if if you like a play there's basically three tiers for me there's I like a play and I am locking him in and building around him usually I'm not doing that with wide receivers there is I'm going to be uh, looking to fit this guy in where I can and then there are full fades and Gallup kind of falls in that tier two for me where I will fit him in if I can and I'm not going 
basically looking at the entirety of my roster. I'm not going to make other sacrifices to fit him in this week, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Um, I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I, I think A-Rob is an uh, interesting call. DJ Moore, interesting call. Um, not going to have a lot of them. I will have some Gallup, uh, definitely. Uh, unless you've got someone else, let me just look one more time at the projections. Robert Woods is interesting at 6,200. Do you think that game's going to blow up? I don't, and it is primarily due to the way that the Rams' defense has been playing. Yeah, I think – I think, you know, people underestimate the guy across from Jalen Ramsey. People think, well, Jalen Ramsey's on Cooper. That means Gallup's going to go off. I think, uh, you know, I think if you're going to play anyone, you know, I think that uh, he's not going to project well, but Randall Cobb at 4,400 could be a really, you know, one of those guys that you all look at afterwards and say, man, why didn't I think of that? All right, let's move over yeah. to the tight the tight end position where Hold on real quick. Well, there's there's one guy that I got to cover. Okay. Wide receiver that wasn't talked about. Um and I don't remember seeing him on the grid, but uh that's Mr. Kenny Galladay. Uh at 7200. Oh yeah, I'm going to play another... Galladay. Yeah, this was another guy around uh Jarvis that I was talking about earlier uh that I don't know if I'll land on Jarvis because of, uh, but basically you've got Marvin Jones out, you've got Hawkinson out and you've got a game against Tampa Bay. So um, I think there's an opportunity for him to push 10 to 12 targets this week uh, against the Tampa Bay secondary that can't cover my grandma. So um, I like him at 7,200 with the opportunity to be the highest scoring receiver on the slate. All right. Uh, Interesting, uh, interesting call there. Um, I like Kenny Galladay too. I, I think that, uh, you know, that game has to play out a certain way. So what, one thing I want to say, and we're about to get to tight end, so I'll cover it in tight end, um, about that game. So we move over yep. to tight end where Daily Roto has George Kittle, Tyler Higby, Ian Thomas, Darren Waller, and Travis Kelsey all rated very positively, uh, at, 50, you know, at the season to date. Um, But when you go to 90 percentile, uh, Kels really jumps up the board. Uh, JM is just super on earth. He isn't projecting as high on daily Roto. I get why JM is on there. But it makes me a little nervous that it could be Dallas Goddard week. And, you know, I, I like Ertz, but I don't, you know, and I get it. He's $6,000. If you want to have a strategy where you play two tight ends, you know, getting Ertz is number of uh, possible targets here at $6,000 versus the wide receiver. I think that that is, you know, an interesting way to look at it. Last week, he had 13 targets. Two weeks ago, he had uh, three weeks ago, he had 14, 11, 11. So since these injuries started, he is getting the targets, but he did get two touchdowns against the Giants last week to get to 30 points. I know Washington's not good, but, um, I'm going to have some Ertz, but not as much as it sounds like JM is. Your thoughts on Zach Ertz? Yeah, the the biggest thing with Ertz, uh, and kind of this thought originated from our good friend Noah Rudell, who covered for me on the pod a couple of weeks ago, but um, Ertz is highly, highly reliant on volume. I had almost no best ball ownership uh, because I projected that volume to dry up this year. Well, now in the last five weeks of the season, that volume is coming back due to all the injuries. So this sets up as a really nice spot for him to see that double-digit target game again uh, against a Washington defense who is now playing better, but they are basically an outside-in defense. So 
they filter, they play tight coverage on the outside and filter targets uh, inside. So I do not uh, hate that play one bit. 6K is pretty steep with where I'm looking to allocate my money, mainly at the running back position. But um, I'm definitely going to have some Burt's ownership this week. Who, who's your third uh, running back? Oh, uh, I like uh, CMC. I like Henry. I like Carson. I like Jacobs that I talked about earlier. All right, um, yeah. And then, but you haven't finalized. Yeah, yeah. So okay. All right. So um, I haven't finalized the main build yet. Right now, the guy in my lineup, and there's a lot of decent OJ. choices. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, thanks for killing it, me. I knew it was coming. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but here's the reason why. O.J. Howard is super, super talented. And with Mike Evans out, everyone is talking about, you know, Perryman and Scotty Miller and – you know, what are the chances that it's just O.J. Howard, you know, that they that they default to the most the second most talented guy on the team? He's had 11 uh, points each of the last two weeks, five and six targets. He didn't score a touchdown in either of those weeks. He's thirty five hundred dollars. And then you say, well, Jameis has a bad thumb. What if Jameis doesn't play? Well, Ryan Griffin was, uh, or Griffith, I don't know how you pronounce it. And he's a guy that I will have as a quarterback in lineups if Jameis is out in the morning. He's $4,300, and he did very well in preseason. Adam Levitan talked about it on the podcast. Um, And my thought is that he is going to not be, you know, I think, you know, O.J. Howard would fit good with his skill set. So uh, I really like O.J. I I know I'm an O.J. homer, and I've been on him, and it really didn't work out this year. But everyone should know how much I like taking shots on really talented guys. And, you know, what are the chances that he doesn't get six targets and 11 points? And if he gets you 11 points for 3-5, you say, that's Pretty good. I'll, I'll take that. Wouldn't you take 11 points for 3-5, Mark? Yeah, uh, I, I I knew you were going to say OJ because I'm all over OJ this week as well and kind of oh, your cool. context clues from earlier in the pod. Uh, I really like OJ Howard. Um, I Yeah, I called him as the play from Tampa Bay earlier this week uh, to a couple of my buddies. Um, another guy. Uh, Robert Dorito. In that sub. That's right. You know it, my boy. By the way, I, I, I did one of my favorite jokes of the Twitter season on him earlier today. <laughs> uh, where is it? Let me see. Um, he had posted, as a guy who le- – he was talking politics. As a guy who leans to the oh, right, God, I hope Yang wins the Democratic nomination. And I wrote, I lean blue myself and put up a picture of the Cool Ranch blue Doritos uh, with the sunglasses <laughs> coming across it that says deal with it. So that was one of my favorite jokes in quite some time on Twitter. That's a good one, actually. Yeah, I like it. All right. So, uh, uh, you know, I think that uh, another really strong play, especially with the wind, is uh, Mike Gusecki. I think that he is interesting. Uh, Ian Thomas with Olsen out is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Tyler Higby is going to get some ownership. Um, there's, yep. I, I think there's a lot to like at tight end this week. But God help me, I'm on O.J. Howard. Yeah, I think uh, right now my tight end pool is down to just basically who we've talked about, Ertz, Higby, uh, O.J. Howard and uh, Ian Thomas. Uh, the value is is there on those sub-4K guys, uh, and then the target volume is there for Ertz. Yeah, you have to mention David Njoku versus Arizona, but he's been dealing with another injury, so I don't know that I can go there. Um, yeah, I, I, I like a lot of these guys, but uh, that is kind of the deal. All right, let's move over to defense, where uh, 
I'm struggling to get up to the Pats and the Chiefs. I know JM loves them. Um, out of Tier 3, I like the Lions and the Bengals a lot. I think the Lions at 2,300 against Tampa Bay, uh, especially if, J- if Jameis doesn't play, maybe I'll come off it a little bit. But if Jameis plays with a bad thumb, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of Lions. And the Bengals have quietly put up a lot of uh, fantasy points. And Arizona gives up fantasy points. So I think that really – I'm sorry, that's Cleveland. Uh, who do the, uh, the Bengals play New England. It's not a great spot, but I uh-huh. do think you can get some points there. Uh, I went through the last six weeks, and the, the team that plays New England does seem to get five or six points. Um, I will make some lineups where I play the Patriots or the Chiefs uh, and, 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 you know, go with maybe two of the lower choice options. But uh, – that's where I'm at on defense. How about you, Mark? Um, I I got to mention something about the Lions. Uh, I think they're going to carry ownership down at 2,300. And basically that matchup is a stoppable object against a movable force. When you look at Jameis and his interceptions, if he especially if he plays with a bum thumb, um, and then a Lions team who has a total of five interceptions all year. So, uh Interesting kind of component when there's so many unknowns like that is just to look at ownership and do the opposite. And I think the Lions might have some ownership. So just something to think about there. Um, In that lower price range, I actually like the Panthers a good deal uh, with how aggressive they are. And the Panthers defense against Seattle's offense is the number two rated uh, adjusted sack rate matchup for this week with the number one being Kansas city. Um, so yeah, I, I really like the chiefs. If you're, I like the chiefs. If you have the salary up at uh, 3,500 and I really like the Panthers down at 2,500 in the lower tier. Um, I also think the Broncos at 2000, the team that's played the chiefs has scored points and the Broncos have a good pass rush. I know they're on the road, but Patrick Mahomes does take sacks uh, and can throw interceptions. So, and that's a team that's not going to have any ownership playing the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Yep, don't hate it. All right, that's going to do it for the segment with Mark. Uh, any last thoughts, Mark? Uh, this seems like a... MME or a GPP week, so I think I'm going to adjust my strategy accordingly uh, to tackle that. That's, I think, the last I got. There's so many good choices out there that I tend on weeks like that to go narrow, and on weeks where I can't make my mind up on a main lineup is when I tend to go broad. So it's interesting that we kind of look at the same information and go different ways. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Mark, thank you as always. Uh, Good luck with the move and the job and the kids and God knows what else. (laughs) Oh, God. It's all happening at once. And we'll see see you next week for a very special Christmas show, and it'll be very special because we'll be here and it'll be almost Christmas. (laughs) There you go. All right. That is Mark Garcia, everyone. And all our callers seem to have jumped off, which is fine, except for 814-359. If you do want to call in, do it quickly, 646-668-8928. 814, are you there? Do you want to talk? All right, I guess not. So uh, I do have a a couple questions that came in. I will take them off of Twitter, uh, 646-668-8928 if you want to call in. And let's see, notifications. Oh, if you guys have time, can you talk about Mostert a bit? You know, Mostert to me, Luke, is a guy that um, is thin. It's a thin play. You got Breida there. You got Coleman there. I don't think it is the best 
uh, weak either. But Daily Roto uh, does like him, uh, you know, in he's in the top eight or nine. So I think he's definitely viable in GPPs, but not a main lineup guy for me. Uh, we do have a phone call, and I'm going to go to it. Area code 951233. You're on the air. Hey, Todd. How you doing? Good. Who's this? Uh, this is Brandon from Richmond, Virginia. Did you also tweet at me a question? Yeah, uh, not this week, but a couple weeks ago I asked about Oh, okay, but you're not Brandon Callahan. No, I'm not Brandon Callahan. Nope. So what what, what can I help you with? Um, So I was actually wondering, on a week like this, I know Jan's been talking about, and and you all have talked about the the wider range of of people that are viable um, and needing a a bit higher of a score. So how – how would stacking, like I'm specifically looking at maybe the, the Jags wide receivers or some of these other cheap wide receiver, wide receiver teams, how does stacking look like in this week? Or do you kind of just have to hit one on your team and, and spread out your exposure, but mostly go for one and hope they get all of it? You know, if you add, I didn't think of this, I, I've never done this, but D.D. Bestbrook is 4,600. Chris Conley's 3,600. That's 82. Uh, and then you get 3,011.2. You add in the Gardner Minshew, or even if you don't add in the Gardner Minshew. Uh, but, <laughs> it, you know, Gardner Minshew is 5,500. I mean, you could you could stack the crap out of that. But the problem is, who do you bring it back with on Oakland? I think if you do that, you have to leave room. You put in Jacobs, and you and you leave room for uh, DeAndre Washington, and then you hope. But uh, it's a shame. But uh, yeah, I think that's a really interesting idea for the week to take two, you know, a couple lineups with two or three of those guys. That's kind of what I was leaning towards, and so I was just wondering, like, because I know that he he's talked about in some of his stuff needing a higher score this week with how many good games or high totals there are, and I just didn't know if that capped your ceiling because of so much exposure to one game. Well, it does. I wouldn't do it in a single lineup, but if I was playing the play action and I'm trying to win a hundred thousand dollars or the Millie maker, and I'm trying to win a million dollars, you know, something funky, you know, especially with the play action is, is a contest you can have some fun with. You can max that thing out for 60 bucks and maybe win a hundred grand. So, you know, to take five lineups and just go to town with the Jags is, is a really interesting idea. Like I said, though, I just wish that, you know, there was better people to bring it back with from uh, Oakland. Darren Waller's really not matching up well this week with the Jags, is he? Well, he he does do very well on Daily Roto, so – but he's not a guy that I think is going to necessarily break a slate. He did really Mm -hmm. well earlier this year. But that was when, you know, he was 3,500, 4,100. And then when he was putting up 30 points, you know, you crushed. If, if Even if he goes for 30 points at 5.5, I don't know that that wins you a slate. Now, if he puts up 30 points and you pick two Jaguars wide receivers and they go for 25 and 25, yeah, maybe you can win a slate. So it's interesting to play around with. I hadn't thought about it. Thank you very much for the question. Yeah, and if I'll make you. Let's go to 907-230. You are on the air. If anyone else wants to call in, 646-668-8928-907, you're on the air. Hey, Todd, great stuff, man. Thanks, bud. Who's this? This is Nick here in alaska nick from alaska so yes, so you just you just chilling um, it, it's pretty cool you could say that yeah cool what can i do for you other okay. than make you listen to my bad jokes 
Um, my question is, I, it didn't sound like you guys touched on Will Fuller. Uh, I think he's probable. Um, right now, I, I feel like getting some exposure to him from a pivot from Hopkins is a good idea. Obviously risky. What do you think? I love it. I love it for GPP. I considered it for a minute in a main lineup. Uh, and then I said, I like Kirk, uh, who's a hundred less more, even with Watson, uh, for a main lineup when I was considering, uh, him for a main lineup, but definitely, I mean, the guy scored 50 points in a game this year. Uh, it was pretty unique circumstances that led to it, but, uh, Will Fuller, you know, is always a good play. Uh, do you have another question? Yeah, I got one more for you. Um, Austin Hooper, um, just as a as a pivot from some of the guys you were talking about at tight end, um, with Ridley out and what he was seeing before he got injured earlier in the year, I don't know. I don't know how much his ownership is going to be. Maybe that's a good pivot, but that's all I had for you. Thank you. I think that is a fabulous idea, and it kind of went through my head last week, and I, you know, I really haven't spent a ton of time thinking. Uh, because I felt so good about a main lineup and I'm not going broad, but Hooper's back down to 5,000. But you got to realize that San Francisco um, has used Jukorski Tart against the tight ends pretty effectively. Uh, but I do think that uh, I do think that he is a. Let's look at his ownership. Hey, still showing eight percent ownership. Uh, I don't know that I want to go. You know, if that's the case, I don't want. You know, I don't like. I only want to double or triple a guy, and I don't know that I want to go sixteen to twenty-five percent Hooper today. Um, thanks for the question. All right. So uh, if we don't get any more calls, uh, I got. Oh, I think we. No, that's the eight one four guy. Uh, but 646-668-8928, I've got a couple more questions. Uh, Dave Snyder, how you doing, bud? Looking forward to the podcast. Curious about thoughts on Tom Brady and the super high projected ownership on Saquon. We covered Saquon. I just can't play Brady at this point. I, I, I just can't. There's just too many other good choices. His receivers are crap. Um, I do like Edelman. Edelman was a guy that I haven't covered during the podcast. Uh, that is actually in my main lineup. So uh, I right now, anyway, uh, you know, he's getting insane volume. So my 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 thing would be to get my volume through uh, my Brady volume through. Um, Julian Edelman. Uh, let's see. Any other questions? Let's go to messages. Brandon Callahan. Hi, Todd. I had a question. JM has talked about the cheat code in the past. The Lions have been horrific against running backs this year. Uh, Jones and Barber combo at 9K in salary. No, absolutely not. Uh, it's too It's too volatile. Uh, there's too many other good choices. I mean, you look at Laird, you look at DeAndre Washington, possibly. Um, I just think that's a little too cute for me this week, Brandon. Thank you, though. Uh, I love that you were thinking about it. But, you know, if you feel strongly about it, throw a $3 lineup in the play action with it and hope for the best would be my advice. Uh, let's see. I'm going to look over. Any more calls? No more calls. And let's see if I can find one or two more questions. If not, and I get back over and there's no calls, that will be the show. I thought there was one more. I thought there was one more question. today and ah, I found it. It's by W. Scooby, another buddy, guy who's uh, very supportive. Um, for single entry GPP, thoughts on Wilson, Carson, CMC, Ian Thomas. 
floor should be solid, but is upside too limited. For single entry, to me, Wilson and Carson are not correlated enough. Um, CMC, we covered. Ian Thomas is a very good play. I just like O.J. Howard more this week. So that is going to do it for the show. I want to thank everyone, as always, for listening, and we will see you um, I we will not be doing a Saturday uh, Friday night show about the Saturday slate if there is one, but we will be here in our normal time slot for week 16 and week 17. Haven't decided about the playoffs yet. I know that there's not as much content. Uh, I don't think during the playoffs, but uh, I, I uh, we're going to consider doing that. I, I have to talk to Mark. Uh, That's going to do it, and thank you very much, and we will talk to you soon.